Hi, trendsetters. Welcome to another episode of That Trendy Therapist. Today's episode is a special one because it is That Trendy Therapist tells you 30 things she has learned by 30. Yep, that's right. Guinness World Book of Records, youngest looking person for their age is turning 30. That's me. So I want to start this off by saying that I'm very surprised personally by my reaction to turning 30. Um, I thought my whole life that, first of all, I've always had this fear and apprehension about growing up and what that entails and the fear of the unknown and all of these things. And it's kind of come out through my anxiety and OCD and it's manifested in all of these ways. So because of all of that, I expected, of course, that some monumental birthdays like 25, 30, things like that would be really challenging for me. And I have to say, I remember 25 actually being more challenging because I don't know, I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, quarter of my life and, uh, you know, taking a lot of stock in where I was at. And I I really think upon reflecting why that might have been more difficult for me is because I, I hadn't had it fully figured out by 25. Not that I have everything figured out by now, but I was a lot more confused about where I was going and things were not settled the way that they are now in my life in terms of my relationship status or my career, just different things. So I think it made it more difficult to accept, okay, I'm 25 now at this point. Like it made it a more of a pressure fill situation. Like, oh my gosh, I still have all these things to figure out. But now that I'm about to turn 30, it's so weird that I don't really have a lot of strong feelings about it other than the fact that I feel really proud and content about where I'm at by 30. And it feels really good to say that. It Also, I'm telling you, it feels very weird too because I really, really always felt like, okay, I'm going to have this like moment before 30 where I freak out and like can't take it and can't accept that I'm going to be 30. But first of all, I don't know, 29 to me kind of feels like, I mean, it doesn't really feel that different. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, the big scary 30 that I thought it was going to be. And I'm quite excited about it. And I think it, yeah, it has to do a lot with, I'm very proud of everything that I've accomplished by 30 and I'm content with where I am. And I think that if I wasn't, that would make it a lot more difficult, but I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of all the things that I've learned, which is what I'm going to get into and feel a little, extremely happy, confident, and content within myself. And all of that's not to say that I don't have my harder days and moments, but overall, speaking from an overall perspective, I feel better and in a better place than I have ever felt in my life thus far. So I feel more of a celebratory kind of thing about turning 30. That's not to say that I still don't have my feelings about getting older and my fears and all of that, because I do. Um, growing up, it's a scary concept for me. I don't like the feeling or the thought of getting older and, you know, all that comes with that and aging and, you know, that's why I take such pride in looking so young as I would hate to look old, you know, like I just, all of that freaks me out and, you know, the concept of people getting older and declining mentally and physically and all of that 
not to get all morbid and stuff, but it is something that I think is important to touch upon because I think we do avoid that a lot. We avoid conversations about aging and all of that because it's painful. It's hard to talk about. And, um, and I think that feeds the fire because we, it is kind of taboo to talk about it. And anyways, not that that's the focus of this episode, but just to say upon, you know, turning another age that, Yes, overall, I still have moments where I'm scared about growing up and or getting older, I should say. But I think that as it happens, it becomes less scary because it's not always our kind of anticipation of something is worse than the reality, which those who have anxiety know this. We get a lot of anxiety before something, a big event or something like that, that we're worried about. And then when it actually comes down to it, it's not as scary as we think and what led up to it, we build that up into something bigger than it was. So I think the same kind of in a way holds true about getting older is that we make it into this big scary thing of like, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be dreadful and I'm going to feel older and, you know, but it's really as the days pass, it's just another day and you've evolved every single day. So it's not like you wake up one day and you're another age and suddenly everything is so different. So That's just what I wanted to say, generally speaking, going into this um, episode is that, you know, 30 is not feeling as scary as I thought, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. So in honor of my 30th birthday coming up, I wanted to share with you guys 30 things that I've learned by 30. And uh, let's just dive right in because obviously there's 30 things here, so I want to have enough time for all of them. So my first thing that I learned by 30 and perhaps one of my favorites on here is that you are your own best friend. I've learned this the hard way. Um, I kind of always had this idea or fantasy when I was younger. And I think I got this from different, you know, media or kind of books that we read about like, oh, this best friend that you have that you know, you call in the morning, what are you going to wear that day? And, you know, you have sleepovers every night, they know everything about your life. And I've had times and friends in my life that kind of have served that role for sure. But what I've learned over time is that that isn't the most important relationship. The most important relationship always is the one that you have with yourself. And I don't say that lightly. Um, You're going to go through, especially in your 20s, you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs with friendships and relationships. Everybody does. And it's really hard. But I think looking back through it all, the one thing that you can always say is remain consistent is yourself. And you've always been yourself and you always have had yourself through all the good and bad times. And so I think fostering that relationship with yourself is your life's best investment. So that's means really figuring it out. Like who are you and what are you all about? Why are you proud of yourself? Why are you you, your own best friend? How can you trust yourself and all of those things? Um, That's number one on my list is you're your own best friend. Be your own best friend. It will serve you really well in your life. The second thing that I learned by 30 is that everyone has their shit. (laughs) So I love to laugh at that. I think it's really funny. There was actually um, this girl in my elementary school up to high school. She was from the same town as me. Her mom used to be like, everyone has their shit. And that's how she would kind of say it. And my mom and I still kind of joke about it, but it's actually so true that everyone does have their shit. Um, And obviously it's pretty self-explanatory, but just everybody has stuff they deal with. And I think sometimes we don't 
we minimize what we think other people are dealing with and we magnify what we're dealing with. Our problems seem so much larger to us and we feel like very alone in them and we feel that other people, there's no way they're experiencing what we are or this person looks this way or comes from this background so they must not be experiencing the pain and torment that I am and everyone has their shit. I mean, it's you can watch any sort of documentary. I mean, you know, of course, me being trendy, I'm going to talk about something pop culture, but, you know, Justin Bieber's new documentary, Seasons, I mean, yeah, you might be rolling your eyes because it's Justin Bieber, whatever, it's, you know, okay, but Justin went through a lot of shit, right, and we might say from the outside, oh, he's, like, really cute, and he's got all this money, and he's so famous, how could he, you know, his problems are not, like, the same as someone else's, but for him, they are. It's to the scale of what you've been through. It's the same thing if, like, you feel like your trauma is not as big as somebody else's or you feel like it's more, everyone, it's in accordance to how they live. So somebody's bad experience for them might hold the same weight as for you because it's based on their own history and experience and how they conceptualize it for their own self. So it's just to say that everyone has their shit and that be compassionate and also be compassionate towards yourself and realize you're not alone in what you're going through. And no matter what people portray online, they're not, they don't have perfect lives. Everyone has something that they're dealing with and probably more than one thing at that. Um, my third thing that I learned by 30 is that vulnerability is a strength. I love this one because I feel like in any sort of relationship or any sort of you know, thing where you're communicating, whether it's social media, whatever platform, when you're vulnerable, it is the most powerful and beautiful thing you can do and offer to the world and to yourself. When you're vulnerable, you're digging really deep and a lot of people struggle with that. And if you're somebody that can bravely dig deep and be honest with yourself and other people about what you're dealing with, that's honestly such a wonderful and strong thing to do. And it should be looked really highly upon. Every time I see somebody using their platform or even just anytime I have a friend or family member come to me and be vulnerable, I love that. I feel so proud of them because I know what strength it takes to do that. And I think the more that we do that, the more other people are vulnerable in a public setting like social media other people open up more and we're encouraged to do that because we're like, okay, it's becoming more accepted and normalized. And, and I just think it's really beautiful. So I just wanted to say that be vulnerable. It's not a bad thing. It might feel scary in the moment and it will probably, especially the first time that you do it or the first few times, but it takes practice and you can get there to a point where it feels more natural to you to open up and you understand all of the many beautiful things about it. Number four is that trust starts from within. We cannot expect to trust anyone else or anything else in our lives until we have that trust with ourselves. And I don't think we always think about that. We don't think about what it means to trust yourself. But trusting yourself can be looked at in a lot of ways. I mean, we might not trust ourselves, for example, to take care of ourselves because maybe we haven't been investing that much in self-care. So we don't really trust ourselves to be our best selves or do for ourselves what we need or take care of our needs because we haven't historically done that. And that's just one of many examples. But sometimes because of what we've been through or traumatic experiences, we don't trust that we have the capabilities or trust that we can do what we want to do. And then, of course, 
when we don't have that within ourselves, our relationships are all um, affected by that because trust is a practice. It's a learned endeavor and we can't have that with any other outside person. It's the same thing with love. How can we love other people until we fully love ourselves? Well, how can you expect to trust other people if you're somebody that doesn't have the trust? You haven't learned the foundations of what trust even means or why it's important to you. So to develop trust within is so important. And it's something that if you don't feel like you have that, I would explore that further and really figure out why you can't trust yourself in what specific areas you can't, why that's the case and how you can start to trust yourself. Um, five is another one of my favorites. Um, and that is that happiness is a choice. So I don't know about you guys, but when I was younger, I kind of had this, you know, we all kind of had some sort of magical thinking where we're like, all right, our dreams are going to fall out of the sky, or we're just going to wake up one day and be happy. Like bring it to me, you know, kind of attitude. And, you know, over the years, I've really learned that despite whatever you're going through, whatever your circumstances are, you have the choice to make yourself happy, to decide to be happy. And you might be lying in your bed and having one of those days where you're like, I just don't want to get up and do anything. And you can still make a choice in that moment to have a good day. We can't control our circumstances all the time that are outside of us. We can't control what other people do or say. We can't control every single aspect that is outside of us. Obviously, we can't, but we can control how we react and we can control our emotional state. And it might sound confusing if you haven't really experienced what that's like, but it's really powerful when you get to that place where you realize that the choice is within you. Because when we sit around and wait for it and wait for the happiness to drop out of thin air, it's kind of like we're deciding to be helpless to the universe. We're like, all right, well, I can't do anything. So you've made a decision then. Okay, then you're not going to be happy because all these things are going on in your life and you're deciding that because of those things, you're not going to be happy. Yes, it might be harder to be happy or to make that choice when things aren't going wonderfully for you. But it doesn't mean that you can't garner up enough strength within to look at the situation maybe in a different way or be positive or find things that you can be happy about or grateful about. So there's ways to bring happiness to you. Like, for example, if you are having a difficult day, spending the time, making the choice to spend the time doing a couple of things or even just one thing that you know will bring you joy, like reading a really good book that you like, that's making a choice because instead of just saying, okay, I'm done, I'm just going to let the day happen to me, you're taking control and making the day what you want it to be and you're bringing happiness to yourself. So that is such a powerful tool and one that I definitely always come back to and remember. Number six is that your life is yours to create. You can make it what you want it to be. I love that one. I mean, we all can create what we want out of our lives. It's kind of similar to what I just said about happiness, but in the same way, you can decide what you want your life to be. At any point, you can make a different decision or you can reevaluate things and decide something isn't working and you can move in a different direction. I think it's just a very empowering thought that we are the people in charge of how our life operates, right? And no one else can make that choice for us. We, at the end of the day, can make a decision about what we want our lives to be. So the first step is really just getting clear on what you want and then 
allowing yourself to be in charge of your life in that way. Number seven is that people will be threatened when you are loud about things you are confident about. But that doesn't mean that you should quiet or dull it. I, this is a personal one for me, um, but I do think a lot of other people can relate in different ways. But um, I, you know, experienced a lot of times in my life where I felt like I'm too much of something. I'm too confident or I'm too loud about the things that I feel strongly about. And part of my eating disorder was a way of kind of hiding that and masking it from the world because I was getting these messages from other people that they couldn't handle it or that I was too much or too loud or too precocious or whatever it was. And I thought that that meant that I had to quiet down because I was too much and something was wrong with me. But that's not true. If other people can't handle you or they are too threatened or insecure because of their own shit, it's because of their own shit. It's not because of you. Don't shrink yourself in order to make other people feel comfortable. That's one of my favorite quotes and it's so true. You don't have to hide or shrink or dull your beauty or shine or your strength because other people can't handle it. That's not a reason. You're really denying yourself in the world of all your beautiful talents and strengths that you have when you do that. And I know it can be scary and feel uncomfortable, but once you realize that it's not about you and it's not something that is wrong with you and that it's about other people, it's so empowering and you are able to make that choice to be your full authentic self. And look, I'll be honest, it's still hard for me sometimes. There's times where I want to express something and be more confident, be more loud about it, and or not be more confident. I want to show my confidence because I am really confident. And I think that sometimes when I say that, I even judge myself for it. I'm like, oh, because I, I'm like, if I judge myself before other people, then you know, I'm protecting myself. So if I'm like, okay, don't say that because if you say you're confident, other people are going to be like, oh gosh, like roll, roll your eyes, you know? But I do, like I am confident and I know that I'm, you know, I know my strengths, I know my talents, I know I'm beautiful, I know all of these things. Why should I have to hide that? Why is that a bad thing? And so as you can see, I feel very passionate about this one, but it really hurts my heart to think about, you know, what I've been through and what I went through as a young girl and going into my teen years when I started to develop an eating disorder and felt that I had to hide my, my true self from the world and I had to hide and dull down, it hurts my heart. And I don't want whoever's listening, if you're going through this, I don't want you to feel like you have to do that. Please don't. Um, I learned it a hard way because I obviously went through an eating disorder, but I came out on the other side and it's proof that you can make it through it and you can shine to your full potential. And yeah, it can be scary, but it's so much more worth living in your truth and your full authentic self and celebrating you. You'll feel better about you even if other people have their own opinions, you'll be able to see right through it more easily. Number eight is that there is room for everyone in all ways. And what I mean by that is that I think, you know, and I I kind of, of course, come from my experiences. So I came from a background in acting, performing arts, where there's just inevitably a lot of competition, dancing, all of that. And so I think that you know, it stems from that with myself, but I think a lot of people can relate that sometimes you might think, oh, you know, if this person is succeeding, it means that I can't because they're doing what I want to do. Um, and that's a very limiting belief because in reality, 
that doesn't mean just because one person is doing something you want to do, it doesn't mean that there's not room for you to also exceed at that and and succeed and excel. Um, And so I think that that just happens a lot these days or people say, oh, don't do that thing because that market is saturated or, oh, you're going to have to find a different angle. And yeah, I mean, it's always good to find a different angle, but just don't let it deter you. If you have something that you want to do, don't let the reason that prevents you from doing that be that other people have done it before because, okay, whatever, but you're going to have your own take. You're going to have your own strengths. You're going to be able to provide a different lens or something that will be unique to the world. So just bring yourself to the table, do what you want to do, regardless of what other people are doing. Nine is that energy is something to be protected. That is actually something that is a more recent one for me. Um, Obviously I knew the concept of like energy, we all have energy and you know, that it's important to know what yours is at any given time. But the concept of protecting your energy is quite a new one for me. And, you know, I think it's because I am somebody that's very tuned in as a therapist, like, or a friend that goes, that people come to for advice all the time. I'm somebody that is very perceptive and attuned to what other people are feeling or their energies. And that can be difficult because sometimes I take it on and I don't even like really realize it, but I'll be going somewhere and I'm in a great mood and then somebody else is like in a really bad mood, like, you know, and I'm just, I take that on and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not that happy anymore because we're sad now and it sucks and it's hard. And that one is a really difficult one too, because of course, if like, for example, this is completely a made up example, but let's say you are having a great time. Your life is great. You're going to a friend's house. The friend just had a breakup and they're, you know, all upset and crying. It's hard to maintain that positive energy that you have because you're in a tough space. You're trying to help somebody, you know, go through something really difficult. So, you know, but there's a way to be there for other people without compromising your own energy. And that's what I'm talking about. Like you can still be empathetic and you can still be attuned to other people without, compromising your own self. And I think that that's a really amazing thing to learn because there's such a power in protecting your peace and space. And I think the way to do that really is to be aware, A, of your energy, always just know where you're at, and B, start to notice what happens when your energy shifts and and be attuned to why that's happening. Like if you're if someone's angry and you feel yourself heating up, start to notice that and try to bring yourself back down to and I'll make another episode on this fully because I think it's a really important topic, but really just try to bring it back down to okay, like what was I feeling going into the situation? How can I hold on to my truth while still being there for somebody else? But and you know, the truth is too sometimes the best option in those situations is to remove yourself. If you feel like it's a really toxic direction that you're being pulled in and that it is compromising you, the best method in that case for self-care might be to take a step back and remove yourself from the person or situation, either for the time being, or maybe it's a permanent shift. If this is somebody that's, you know, always toxic or always negative, you might find that that's not a good space or energy to have in your life. So the next, um, the next point that I have is that quality over quantity is always the best. So that's just one that it's, you know, an old school one, but it's one that I fully, fully believe in. It's one that I live by, um, in terms of relationships, friendships, just anything really, um, 
I always look for quality over quantity. And you could have 50 million friends and, you know, still be the most lonely person in the world if the friends are all surfacy. And that's just the reality. If you have a few deep relationships in your life, that's way more fulfilling than a million really, you know, surfacy ones. So I think that's a pretty obvious one, but I had to include it because it's one of my favorites and it's one that I always live by. Number 11 is that family comes first. Um, This is one that my parents instilled in me from a very, very young age. And I'm going to try to be sensitive about, well, I always try to be sensitive, but this topic can be very sensitive because of course there are people that don't A, either have a family or B, have a great family connection or whatever it is. There's all these different situations. But for that, you can think about your family that you picked. I mean, sometimes people have a different community that has a family created in it for them, something like that, or friendships that feel like family. But family comes first. They are the people that are the most important. They will be there through thick and thin. And that's how you know who your family is. If you are one of those people that doesn't have a tight-knit, you know, biological family, then make sure the people that you consider family are those unconditional ones that will always be there for you through thick and thin, that you can fully trust and be yourself around. It's so important. Um, Just knowing that my family is always there for me has been my backbone throughout my entire life or has been my basis and such a solid foundation to always come back to. And I'm immensely grateful for that. Number 12 is that sometimes the truth hurts, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't spread the truth. Truth is always essential. So it's better to be truthful than not, of course. But yeah, sometimes telling people the truth is painful or hearing the truth is painful. But by being truthful, you're being yourself. And if you're not going to bring that into a situation or a friendship or relationship, then you're, what's the point of the relationship? It's not a real one because you're not being yourself. So I always you know, live by being honest, truthful. That's a huge value of mine when it comes to any sort of relationship in my life. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when I feel like people are being fake or phony. I feel like I can see right through it and I don't jive with that at all. I'm like, that's a waste of my time. I'm not going to invest in something that someone is not being fully themselves. Um, And that means being your full self. That means admitting if you're not in a good place or saying when you're upset or something like that. I mean, if there's somebody around you that's always saying "Ah, everything's perfect everything's okay great like that's not true so then I have to deal with the fact that you're not being truthful to me and what does that mean and I think sometimes we can see this on social media too I mean there's some accounts that we follow or that are out there that like for example influencers that you know show all components of their lives and then there's or different facets and there's other influencers that really are not showing more than one dimension. And I think that those influencers that show who they are and show their trials and tribulations are way more relatable. And you feel more fully invested in what they're dealing with because they feel human to you. So I think that that's just another example of this, that truth and honesty and authenticity really goes a long way. Number 13 is that you can learn something from anyone in any given situation. I love this one because I'm somebody that always tries to create or not create, but find meaning in any situation. I'm a big reflector. I love to journal. I love to think things through sometimes, you know, maybe overthinking things, but you know, I 
really try to sit with a situation, even if it's a painful one, and especially if it's a painful one, because I think that no matter what, everything happens for a reason and you will be able to figure out some sort of meaning in the situation and become a stronger person. So nothing happens by accident. If you had a toxic relationship, there's things you learned from it. So let yourself understand what those things are and work through them, sit with them so that you can be a better and stronger and more learned person. Number um, number 14, what, do you, what you avoid slash do not deal with doesn't go away. So sometimes we don't want to deal with painful things, of course. We don't want to deal with a negative feeling or thought or emotion. So we push it down, we avoid it, we distract ourselves, and we hope it goes away, right? That's magical thinking. That's not reality. It doesn't go away. If you're somebody that's avoiding an experience or processing something that's painful that happened in your life, I'm sorry to tell you that it will not go away and it will come up again and again and again and louder and louder and louder until you deal with it. So avoiding and distracting are all temporary solutions, but the issue is that these problems or feelings that you're having are long-term and that they're going to show up. And you need to deal with them and go through the difficult work of getting through them until you can get to a place where you're more clear and happy and able to have the understanding of why things happened and be able to move forward. So number 15 is a fun one. That therapy is always a good idea. I mean, you guys know what I think about this. I'm coming from, of course, me being a therapist, but also I'm somebody that has been in therapy myself, so I speak from personal experience that therapy is extremely beneficial and that every single person can benefit from it. So I just think that therapy is a gift and I just, you know, also wanted to say that I think sometimes people feel therapy is a punishment. Um, Maybe they think that if they're there, it means that something's flawed or wrong with them and that's not the case. Therapy is a gift and if you're able to do it, it means that you have a really exciting thing that you can help to, a really exciting situation for you to enter is going into therapy. And I just completely butchered that whole thing, but you guys know what I mean. Therapy is wonderful and very beneficial. And if you can do it, it is a gift. Number 16 is to trust your gut. I love this one. I think that Throughout my life, I, for various reasons, haven't always known how to completely tune into my gut. And over the recent years, I've become so much better at it. And it's kind of like I might know what my gut says, but then I just, you know, make a different decision. Or And I think a lot of this comes from like when we don't fully trust ourselves or we feel that you know, we need to second guess things or double check things. And especially the people that have anxiety or OCD, this is very prevalent. You'll second guess yourself or whatever it is. And that's probably for some degree because you've been taught that maybe you can't trust yourself or you've been taught that you need to double check things to make sure they're correct. But if you can tune into your gut, it is the best thing you could do for yourself. I cannot tell you when I started to completely understand what my gut was saying and then be able to follow it immediately, everything becomes 
more clear and more in sync and more aligned in your life. You can make decisions very easily because you know what's going on for you. You're very decisive. And it also relates to confidence. I'm, I'll throw that in there because I think a lot of people, or I, I know a lot of people ask me like about confidence tips and stuff like that. And I think that one thing that I know for me works and makes me so confident um, among various other things is that I can trust my gut and that I know and I'm very decisive. And I think that that's an energy that when I'm around other people, they can see that, okay, she knows what she wants. She's going to go after it. And that's a big part of confidence. So being able to trust your gut and understand it and know what it's saying is so essential and so important. Number 17, if you don't ask for it, don't expect it. Um, this one I really learned from my mom. So shout out to you, mom. I know you're listening. <laughs> um, and that is that. And, you know, she would tell me this in general and would also tell me it specifically for work or just in life that you have to go after what you want. And if you don't ask for it, you might not get it. So it's always worth asking the question, even if it's scary, even if it doesn't, you know, end up the way that you want, at least you've asked and it's always worth it in the end and you'll feel more um, self-confident and better in yourself for having asked that question and put yourself out there. And it gets easier every time if you start to do that and get in the pattern of asking the difficult questions and speaking up for yourself, over time it will become more of a habit. Lowering your expectations of others will improve overall happiness. So again, another pretty self-explanatory one, but I think sometimes we, we just don't even realize it and we have expectations of other people or we go into a situation and we think, okay, this must happen or this is going to be the case. And then when it doesn't, we get really upset. And I, I think that, or we're disappointed or let down. And I think it comes from having these expectations in part. And I think that managing your expectations is such a great skill and learning why you expect certain things will help you, I think, with the managing of your expectations because you'll be able to say, okay, that's why I expect this thing and here's how I'm going to internally deal with it so that I don't put all of my eggs in one basket that's outside of me. You're not depending on that external thing. You internally are okay with whatever happens because you've worked through it yourself. Number 19 is that we attract what we think we deserve. So this goes for relationships, this goes for situations, this goes for anything. How we feel about ourselves and what we think we deserve is what will show on the outside of our life. So if people are picking negative partners or if people are not taking care of themselves, it's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So it's just an important fact to know. And I think that it becomes evident when you start to feel better about yourself, that the things around you really, really change in accordance. Number 20 is that change and growth doesn't always have to be scary and painful. This kind of ties back to what I originally had said about being scared about growing up and all of that. But like I said, I've kind of learned and accepted that sometimes change is kind of fun, (laughs) you know, like sometimes it's exciting and That might be obvious to some people, but for people that are really scared of change, it's not an obvious one. It's actually a revelation, and I'm one of those people, and I think that it's because I've had now enough experiences with change, and I've seen it be such a beautiful, exciting thing 
And so I think that comes with time. And the more that you experience changes, you'll realize that it's not as scary as you think. And there is actually some excitement and, you know, beauty to be found in change. 21 is that inner peace comes from understanding yourself fully and accepting all of the parts of you. So, yeah, I think that you are happiest and more and most at peace as a human being when you are all sorted out inside. That's kind of the general way to put it. So, the more that you have an understanding of yourself, the more that you invest in finding that meaning and understanding and being your own best friend, the more happy you will be and the more at peace because you will not be reliant on external validation for the answers. You will know them within and you'll carry that through every aspect of your life. 22 is that the way that you look at things really does matter. It all starts with the mind. So yeah, mind over matter and the power of the mind and perception is immense. Perception is reality. The way that we see things becomes our reality and We could have any sort of situation, but the way that we look at it is what derives our meaning and experience from it. So you might wake up and have one of those tough days and I don't want to go into work right now, but if you decide for yourself and get back to your purpose of, hey, this is going to be a good day because this is what I get out of work. This is why it's so um, important for me to be there and this is what I'll gain from it. Mind over matter the situation, you'll have a very different experience than if you go in dragging your feet. 23 is that attending to the positive things in your life helps them grow. I love this one. It's a very beautiful one. It reminds me of like a flower blooming but or gardening. But you have the power to focus on what you want. I think that when we sit around and mull over negative things and we allow our mind to just be consumed by those things, those things are what take over. But we also have the choice. It's mind over matter. So we can choose to attend to those more positive things in your life and those things then will have more they will take up more space mentally and then you will inevitably behavior wise focus on those things because it's what's in your head so you could choose what to focus on and the power of the mind is so essential number 23 is that no I just did number 23 number 24 is that just because something doesn't work out the way you want does not mean that it's all your fault Look for the lesson, but do not personalize. So yeah, um, I think we all kind of have this thing where we jump to what did I do wrong when something bad happens? And it's kind of a protective thing, I think, because it's like, well, if we blame ourselves, then if anyone else does, we've already done it. So can't hurt as much. But uh, it's also a habit, I think, when we think that something fundamentally is flawed about us, then we look for things to confirm that belief. So it comes down to how you see yourself and what you believe in about yourself. But the reality is that just because something doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. It could mean a multitude of different things. It could mean something happened between you and another person and the you know compatibility was off in the friendship or relationship or you know there's just so many factors to get into about why a certain situation might not work out. So take a step back if you feel like you're personalizing and really look for the overall thing. And there's always going to be, yes, some part you played in it and something that you can take away from it, even if it's not something bad that you did, just something that you're like, oh, I see why this happened because of this thing about me or this thing that I did or said or whatever. 
or I made this choice to even put myself in this situation could be a reason. But look for that rather than automatically going to, okay, this confirms this thing about me and that's that. Because that's not going to do you any good. It's just going to reaffirm these beliefs you have about yourself. Number 25 is that you can never go back in time and you have to accept the past for what it is. Again, a universal one, but it's just really important. I mean, we spend a lot of time in the past or future rather than the present. I know I struggle with that. Um, Being present is not always, you know, the best or the most easy thing for me to do. And for me personally, I think it's more futuristic that I'm in. I'm always anxious or something about the future and sometimes, you know, past stuff, but I also kind of live with no regrets. So I don't really mull things over and regret things in that way, but I definitely have moments where I'm overthinking things that happen. And so that's not living in the present and the power of living in the present is so beautiful. And I think it's just an ongoing practice. Um, it's the same thing as the way mindfulness or meditation is a practice. You have to reorient yourself to it. You have to keep training your mind to focus on the here and now, but there can be a lot of peace derived from from that. And the reality is we just have right now to focus on. Number 26, scary doesn't mean don't do it. Well, of course, good things come from outside of our comfort zones. Um, That's a hard one for me. Even as I say it, I'm like, I mean, do I fully live that way? It's, you know, I'm not the most, the biggest adventurous person, but I do take risks. I take risks like creating this podcast or in work or, you know, relationships. I, I do take risks, right? So I think that that's just to say that sometimes things can feel scary and maybe they might feel like impossible, but it doesn't mean that they're not a good choice, right? And They could be scary at first and turn into the best thing that ever happened to you, right? So sometimes, you know, invest in that scary thing and let yourself move through it and you will prove to yourself that it was worth it. 27 is you never know it all. Keep learning and growing. I mean, yeah, (laughs) don't get too cocky and think, oh, hey, I know all the answers because you don't. You never know all the answers wherever you come from, whatever, you know, level you've achieved in, you know, whatever thing you're always somebody that can, everyone can learn and continue to grow throughout their whole lives. And they always do. 28 is sometimes the best reaction is not to react. And I love this one. And I'm going to do a little shout out here to meditation, Matt, my husband for this, because, you know, I knew it before, but he really, really drilled it into me about the power of not reacting. And, you know, I'll dig a little into it because I think it's very important. Um, I'm somebody that has very bold (laughs) and loud reactions, as you might be able to guess. Um, I'm opinionated, I'm strong-minded, strong-willed, and I'm very articulate and vocal. So I will just, you know, he used this example, actually, which was always sticks in my mind, about um, like a soccer game. So let's say someone, you know, kind of kicks you, but then you push them and you're the one, the pushing person that gets fouled and gets, you know, took out of the game. And that's because everyone saw that, but no one saw that someone provoked you, right? So that stuck out for me because I think that sometimes, you know, it's really hard to not have a big reaction when somebody is provoking or getting at you. And I find that people love to do that because then it takes the focus away off of them and then they project all their shit onto you. And so you're the one that has to outlive it and and deal with it and do it. But, you know, for me, I've learned sometimes just 
letting that play out and like having a smaller but more effective reaction is literally the best thing you can do. And it's weird because if you're actually somebody that does normally have big reactions, people will expect that from you. So it's kind of interesting to see how other people adjust or don't (laughs) when you stop reacting in the same way. They'll be like, well, wait, why is, you know, for example, me, why is Emma not, you know, doing this thing. She usually would react in this way and people won't know what to do with that, right? But it kind of forces them to sit with their own shit and deal with it. So there's all different ways to react. And, and I just want to say, that's not to say don't have big, bold, loud reactions. I'm all for that. Do that. But every situation is different and there will be situations where just be cognizant, I think, of when a situation, if someone else is really at fault and it's their shit, if you can recognize that and not take it on, that is so powerful. So just be aware of where the situation is and you know why you feel like you need to react before you do and kind of just do it in a conscious way more than just you know an impulsive way. That's the most effective thing, I think. Just taking a sip of my drink because this is a long episode. Two more. One, I mean, not one, 29, is that gratitude always puts things into perspective. And I'm going to couple this with 30 to give a little kind of conclusion speech because these are very related and 30 is each day is a gift. So I, you know, read all the time because I'm in the field that I'm in mental health and all of that. And so I'm always reading these posts about gratitude and writing down three things you're grateful for in the morning or evening or whatever. And it's kind of, you know, an oversaid thing and all right, whatever, we all know this. But I started to try it because I got that five-minute journal, which is awesome. I'd really recommend it. And I don't do it every day. I'll be honest about that. And, you know, that's okay. But when I do it, I really actually do feel better just thinking about the simple things that people take for granted or that I take for granted sometimes. And I don't want to do that. It kind of makes me feel in control in a really positive way of my life. Cause I'm like, okay, I have these things and I'm focusing and I'm choosing to focus on these things rather than things that maybe aren't going the way that I want them to, or things that I'd rather not think about in the moment. Um, you know, you can get to those things later, but framing, you know, your day or your mindset with at the end of the day, you're grateful it's so powerful and every single day is a gift. You can choose what you want to make of it. Um, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's doing a little bit better and there's always going to be someone that's doing a little bit worse than you. And that's, you know, a really powerful thing because sometimes we feel alone in our struggles or sometimes we feel, you know, for example, like, oh, we got it all figured out. We're the best, right? But it's so important to be confident, but at the same time, humble and understand that, There's always going to be people that are doing better or worse, but really at the end of the day, you just have to focus on you and you have to be your own best friend and be there for yourself at the end of the day. Remember what matters, quality over quantity and decide what kind of life you want to have. No one else can do that for you. No one else can choose it. Don't let them, don't allow it. Put your blinders up, focus on what you want, be aligned. Those are all themes that really stick with me and are the way that I live my life. I hold my beliefs and my value system really close to me, which also makes it very easy for me to live my life because I know what matters to me and what doesn't. And I make choices um, based on those things. So that said, um, 
happy birthday to me. (laughs) Um, I just, you know, I hope that you guys got something out of this episode and I really loved recording. This might be my favorite thus far, just because I like that, you know, it's very reflective and I I like to do things like that of things that I've learned or whatever. So I, I would love to do a lot more of these and please let me know any other, um, ones like this that you would like to hear any ideas and I will definitely, um, look into doing those. So, That said, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.